Hello and welcome to a very busy week of box office receipts. I am your host, Tyler Callahan, and before we start, got a few things to go over first. First up is a quick announcement, uh, in that I have started a sub-stack for the podcast. Yep, if you've been a long-time listener of the podcast, you might remember that I used to write some stories on my website every so often. Well, life got busy and I had to stop. Well, now I'm back to writing, and I'm trying out Substack. Basically, you can go over to the site, read it, or sign up with your email, and anytime I will post something, you will get it in a newsletter. Don't worry, I'm not going to spam you with news. Instead, I want my Substack to be more substantial when I do write something. The first one I did this week was uh, breaking down Disney's move with Premier Access. If you're interested, a link to the Substack is in the show notes, and if you sign up, I'd very much appreciate it. Also, you have probably seen this already, but I have already posted the Box Office Receipts Plus episode going over all of Disney's changes. That is already in the podcast feed, and I do recommend giving it a listen, as I will be going forward with the assumption you know what the changes are when I mention them. Okay, with all that out of the way, let's start with the numbers. Opening in first place is Nobody, the rated R action movie from Universal with a solid 6.7 million. In second place is Raya and the Last Dragon with 3.5 million for a total of 28.4 million. In third place is Tom and Jerry with 2.5 million for a total of 37.1 million. In fourth place is Chaos Walking with 1.1 million for a total of 11.4 million. Finally, in fifth place is The Carrier with 1 million for a total of 3.4 million. So yeah, overall Nobody performed pretty good for its opening weekend. It opened in 2,460 theaters domestically, and again that is without Regal, which will not open any theaters up until later this week. The movie has been getting really good reviews, and with a somewhat quiet April, Nobody can easily leg it out and end up with 30 million domestic at least. Raya, noticeably, had a bigger drop compared to the last few weeks, dropping 32%. This was to be expected at this point, with the movie having been out for over three weeks, if you have wanted to see it and could, you would have. Cinemark is not playing it, and Regal not being open limits your options. Of course there is Premier Access, but we have no idea how well it is doing there. For the domestic box office, the next big movie will already be here as you listen to this, with Godzilla vs. Kong coming out right before Easter weekend. Speaking of the kaiju movie, it did have its international release over the past weekend, and it actually did really well. The movie opened to 123.1 million internationally. This makes it the best international opening for a Hollywood movie since the pandemic began and opened to number one in all markets it opened in. This includes China, where it came in the first place with 69.2 million. In a distant second place was High Mom with 3.6 million for a total of 821 million. In third place was the re-release of Avatar with 3.4 million. In fourth place was Endgame with 1.9 million. And finally in fifth place was Raya and the Last Dragon with 992000 Now we also need to quickly talk about the Australian box office, because there are two things that are worth mentioning. I know I usually don't talk about the Australian box office, but this weekend was interesting. First, in that Godzilla vs. Kong did so well there, with 6.3 million in his opening weekend, that it has already passed the entire gross of Godzilla King of the Monsters there. Just a fun little stat about the movie, apparently Australia really was not a fan of the second Godzilla. Also, since Australia is basically COVID-free, they got a movie no one else did, and that is Sony's Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway. You know, since it is almost Easter. It came in with a solid 2.1 million, and with a start this early, it will have a long theatrical run as it takes its time going to different countries. Quick update on Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0. It has now become the highest grossing movie in the franchise in Japan, with it now at 55.3 million. With how laggy movies in Japan can be, I see this easily going to 70 to 80 million. 
and possibly even 100 million. Also, no word yet on a wider international release. Now, let's go over some quick worldwide numbers. Raya and the Last Dragon is now at 82.6 million. Nobody did open in some other countries as well this weekend, but it was not huge, so the opening worldwide total is at 12 million. Tom and Jerry is at 85.4 million. Chaos Walking is at 19.8 million. The Crew of the New Age is at 161 million. And Wonder Woman 1984 is at 165.9 million. Got a small update on the China Oscar fiasco. That is, if you are in Hong Kong, you will not be watching the Oscars either. Over there, the broadcaster TVB has opted to not air the Oscars live later this month. The reason this is noticeable is that they have been the place to watch it if you have been in Hong Kong for over 50 years. And not only that, they have a film selected as a nominee with Better Days. The first for them since 1993. From The Hollywood Reporter, this was the statement given by them about the change. Quote, It was purely a commercial decision that we have decided not to pursue the Oscars this year. End quote. So far, no other broadcaster in Hong Kong has said they have gotten the rights to air the event live. Now, they may say, oh, it's a commercial decision, but I believe it is clear that there was some pressure not to air it due to the documentary Do Not Split being nominated. Again, that documentary uh, is focused on the Hong Kong protest back in 2019, uh, which, as I've said before, is a big no, 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 no in China. At this point, China's reaction to the Oscars seemed to be more because of that instead of Chloe Zhao. It is a shame this is happening, though, because between Chloe Zhao's nominee nominations and better days, people in China should be celebrating this year's event, and sadly, they are not. We got some release dates coming out of Hollywood. First up are the small ones, with Venom Let There Be Carnage moving back a week to the September 24th. A little confusing as to why Sony would do this, because now we'll open up against Warner Brothers, The Many Saints of Newark, and Paramount's Inferno. Now, yes, Venom is the biggest of the three and will easily come in first place between them, but a one-week difference, based on the calendar, it really seems like they just want to move a little bit away from Shang-Chi now that's an early September release. One movie uh, moving completely out of September due to Venom and Shang-Chi moving in is the reboot of Resident Evil. Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City will now come out November 24th. So hey, for Thanksgiving, take your family to the theaters and watch zombies wreak havoc. Unlike the Venom move, Sony is smart for doing this. In September is Shang-Chi and Venom, and October has Dune, Bond, and Halloween. Resident Evil would have gotten crushed, almost was really, really good. Finally, Black Adam has a new release date. The Rock announced it by taking over Times Square in New York City, and the movie will now be coming out July 29th, 2022, assuming no delays from DC. This will make it four DC movies to come out in 2022. The Batman, Black Adam, The Flash, Aquaman 2. Though realistically, Aquaman 2 will de- be delayed to 2023. I just have a feeling about it. There's been no news on casting. There's been no news on when filming starts. Again, it's an underwater movie. There's going to be a lot of post-production for that. So, if there is one that gets delayed to 2023, it's Aquaman. Also, just realistically, the current dates. Batman is March. That's good. Black Adam's middle of summer. That's good. Flash right now is set to be filming soon and comes out next November. I really, really doubt Warner Brothers is going to release two DC movies in two months. That's my pick. But going back to Black Adam, uh, middle summer date, pretty good, uh, but it's a little crowded right now. Two weeks before Black Adam comes out, Fantastic Beast 3 is supposed to come out, middle of July. And then Black Adam comes out on the same day now as Indiana Jones 5. But since Indiana Jones 5 hasn't even begun filming yet, I can see that being pushed to August or September. Disney will push it back a little bit because at this point it's been delayed so long with another one, one, one or two months at this point. So for VOD Premium we got one story but it is a big one. 
Deadline is exclusively reporting on this, but if it goes through, Netflix will have bought Knives Out 2 and 3. That's right. They are reporting that the company is closing in on a deal with Ryan Johnson for anywhere between 400 to 450 million to get the rights to it. Now, you might be wondering, how could this happen? It was a Lionsgate film. Uh, well, kind of yes and kind of no. So for Knives Out, Ryan Johnson worked with Ram Bergman to produce the first movie and had a one-picture deal with the company MRC. After that was done, MRC worked and got it distributed via Lionsgate. However, since this was how the first one was made, it was Johnson and Bergman that owned the rights to the franchise and for the future sequels. Not MRC, because their one-picture deal was done, and not Lionsgate, who just distributed it. Now, obviously Lionsgate was then allowed to bid for the sequels, which I assume they did, but due to this scenario, this allowed them, while they worked on the scripts for 2 and 3, to have an open auction. And Deadline also reported that Apple and Amazon were in the running to try and buy the rights. But Netflix won out because the $400 million is a, <laughs> a shit ton of cash for two movies. As for details on the movies, uh, besides scripts, Daniel Craig will be returning to play but not blank for both movies. And the second film will actually begin soon. Deadline is saying that they are planning a June start for a film day in Greece. So expect after the deal to get done to hear about casting announcements, at least for the second film. I gotta say, my jaw hit the floor when I heard when I saw this news break. I assume Lionsgate was able to lock in the sequels, but I guess not. Uh, for Netflix, though, this is a big, big win. Yes, they're paying a lot of cash, but I've talked about this before and how Netflix needs to improve. They need movie franchises. They need strong film IP. They have it with TVs. But TV shows, they kill it every year. If you were to ask someone, name a, name a film franchise on Netflix. No one can give you an answer. No one. So, Knives Out's already popular. It was a hit with the fans. It was a hit with people, moviegoers. And people were actually looking forward to the sequels. So now you've locked them up. Now, I don't know how they're going to get the rights to the first one on Netflix. Not sure how that's going to work. Because it would make sense that you can watch the entire trilogy at some point on Netflix. But hey, two and three. People go to Netflix. It's great. It's great for them. They need that. And look, they're building franchises right now. The Grey Man with Ryan Gosling. That's supposed to be a franchise, but again, that doesn't come out till next year at the earliest, and that's the first movie they need to work on the sequels. This gets them a two and a three right now. Another win, this is a big win for Ryan Johnson and Rand Bergman. They just made a shit ton of money for two movies. Because uh, if I'm reading this right, it's $400 million for the rights. So after, obviously, their agents get a cut, you know, if they pay out who they need to pay out, these two guys, if they weren't already multi-millionaires, just became multi-millionaires, with the understanding they just need, need to make two films. So, congrats to them. Uh, the only loser here is Lionsgate. <laughs> uh, with Knives Out, uh, they overperformed, did really well. People, you know, I thought too, like, oh wow, they got a new franchise besides John Wick. Because after, uh, after Hunger Games, that's all they had. Well, now they're back to just having John Wick. Um, so now they have to go back to the drawing board and try and look for new franchises because that is a studio that post-John Wick, if they don't have any franchises, they are going to get smaller and smaller. They were big in the you know, 2010s. Uh, first half of 2010s, was, they, were, they were dominant with Hunger Games. The back half of 2010s, they gained more steam with John Wick blowing up. But now, you know, John Wick ends after a movie 5, movie 6 in the next 3-4 years. I don't see another franchise for them. They need to do something. And that'll be it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. Question is, what do you think of the knife Knives Out news. I mean, do you think it's a good move for Netflix? I think it is, but hey, do you think they're spending too much money? Do you think they're overpaying? Let me know on Facebook. Link to the pages in the show notes. 
next week will be good as we will get more numbers for Godzilla versus Kong, both domestically and internationally. So we have that to look forward to. Thanks for listening. See you next time.